Welcome to the Good Good Experience Podcast. Where related minds talk about related topics. And we all just happen to be related. Buckle up, this is going to be a good one. We've got that good good experience podcast. Oh yeah, back like we never left. Welcome everybody to that. We've got that good, good experience where related minds talk about related topics and we just all happen to be related. Hello again, everybody. I am Marcus Moses back and from ride and there's no way that I can do this without my cousin co-host, Kimmy. How you been? Marcus, darling. I'm still alive. How you <laughs> okay. doing today? <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. And we'll take it to the DMV. And also, we can't do this without our cousin co-host, Mr. Byron Bino Brown. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Marcus? What's up, Kimmy? It's time to get the party started. What you say? I say that's what's up, man. I say how also in the words of Rock Kim, it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left, have you. left you. <laughs> we got some dope songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought you were going to rhyme. Come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, hey, welcome to another edition of We Got the Good Good Experience, and we've got another good one, guys, for you. Hey, we thought we got to thinking about things and found out that some of our biggest fans is our own family, our aunts, our uncles. They tell us how much they love us, how much they just so proud of us. So on this particular episode, we decided we're going to dedicate this episode to them. So we've got their favorite songs, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about them. We're gonna have a fun with it. We got a very special guest. We've got one of those family members with us. We'll introduce her in just a minute. But before we get into it, ladies and gentlemen, we gotta do our good good segment. So hey, let's start with you, Byron. What's good good on your end, buddy? All right, Marcus. What's good good is Miss Jasmine Mills. She's what's good good. I've had the pleasure of sharing many stages with her around the DMV area performing in music reviews and she is a stellar performer and she recently released her self-written album entitled amazing now jasmine has had the pleasure of appearing on season 21 of the voice she is a remarkable vocalist talented dancer she does it all and i want everyone to seek her out her album amazing is available on all musical platforms I will also try to get her on the show. So, you know, we're going to plug that right now. Okay. We're going to see if she can be a guest one day, but check out Jasmine Mills. Amazing. Available on all musical platforms. That's what's good. Good on my end. What's good. Good with you, Kimmy. I'll tell you what's good. Good. The remake of the little mermaid will be released on Thursday, May 25th. And it will be starring our girl Haley from Chloe and Haley. And if you watch Grownish, she was also on that show. And she's going to be absolutely wonderful. We all should be out there Thursday, May 25th to see this show. Even if you don't have kids, you need to go see this movie to support our people. Wakanda style. Wakanda style. Wakanda style. You better have your mermaid outfit on. And that's what's good, good on my end. What's good, good on your end, Marcus? Hey, what's good, good on my end? Hey, check it out, guys. It's not often that people get to start a stage play on one of the greatest movies of our time. And it just so happens that somebody on this particular panel has that wonderful opportunity. You want to talk about it, (laughs) Byron? You weren't ready for that one, were you? I was not ready for that, but yes, I'm, I am in the color purple, and it's being presented here in the Washington, D.C. area by the St. Mark's Players. I am part of Ensemble and also play the grown Adam. 
but it, it's a remarkable cast. If you're in a DMV and earshot of this show, we have remaining performances happening May 25th through the 27th. So come check us out. Excellent cast and experience. You will not regret it. And that's what's good good on my end. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're good for that one. That was good. <laughs> Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, like we said, we're dedicating this particular episode to our family, to all of our aunts. And guys, it just so happens we happen to have one of those wonderful relatives on our show. Please help us welcome our aunt and just a down good, great citizen, Miss Maxine Hall. <laughs> Woohoo! Yes! Hello, Auntie. How are you doing? Hello, guys. How are you? We are doing well. We thank you so much for being on the good good. I know this is something that you've been looking forward to. We planned to do this a while ago, but you know, life takes you through a lot of twists and turns. Stage productions of certain wonderful movies, you know, yeah. take up a lot of your time. Yeah. <laughs> Byron, I love you, man. But anyway, um... <laughs> but you know, I don't know anything about that. But I yeah. do know that life takes a lot of time. And thank you guys so much for allowing me, for thinking of me and asking me to be a part of this particular podcast. I'm grateful and I do not take it for granted. Thank you so much. Now, Auntie, this is a podcast about music. You guys have made it perfectly known how much you love our podcast. What is it about this particular podcast that you that you like so much? Well, this particular podcast is the fact that you're dedicating it to your aunts and your uncles. I appreciate that. And music is just something that really just moves me, whatever the music is. You know, of course, growing up in the South, we've mostly heard a lot of country music. So our country music is one of my things. But this particular podcast is special. All right. That's what's up. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And now, I mean, we talk about, we, we make mention of the, the music that we usually talk about is the soundtrack of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um. What did music mean to you? Because you come, yo, you you guys come up in a totally different era than what we did. We basically grew up in the eighties and the nineties, where the music was a little bit different. But however, mm -hmm. you guys grew up a little bit before the eighties and the nineties. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a little bit, just a little. Just a little bit. <laughs> well, what did music, music mean to you guys back then? Well, we listened to the words of the song and they told stories. If, even if we didn't relate to it, it was like, hmm, you know, like kind of like a soap opera. Mm -hmm. And you listen to it and it's, oh, is that what happened to it? And of course, sometimes we got the words wrong. Of course. <laughs> we before we really realized what they were saying. And what I realized with the music then and even the music now and telling the stories that because we listened to the lyrics. And for me, and I was like, gosh, that sure is that they really getting into that you know, like the sexual in, uh, connotations or whatever, innuendos. They had that in music then too, but they were very, very, very subtle. They were so subtle, we didn't even know that what, that, that, that was what they were. But see, it's not like that now. But the music <laughs> told stories, and you had to be able to sing in order to get your music out there. That part. Ooh, you better that say part. That. You better that say part. that. We need to go back to where... Yeah. Music had a story. Nowadays, mm -hmm. there's no story. It's just, it's not even any innuendo anymore. It's just yeah. out they, they, there. Look, Cam, we need to go back to where they had the full talent to pull and off talent. the song. Talent. Like, 
too many people are getting up there because they have a lot of views on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, or TikTok, way. look a certain way, you know, mm-hmm. got it out. That's just one segment of it. But yeah, we need to get back to basics when I think yes. when it comes to artistry. Yeah. And yes. basics, yes. Uh, you know, now the big thing now is most music and movies nowadays are streamed online, you know, mm-hmm. back to the days, you know, where they had records, they had 45, they had 33s. What was that like? What was the price of them? What was that? <laughs> oh, my. oh, gosh. Was it a quarter? Was it less than a quarter? <laughs> you know what? Uh, you was talking about the, the 33s and the 45s. The first record player that we had was a little green record player that came from Raymond and Brenda Brown. And boy, we, you know, we, we buy a little, I, I, you know what, as far as the prices of the uh, vinyl, you know, of the, of the records, I don't, you know, I don't remember. I really don't remember. You all had a ton of 45s. <laughs> Actually, I, I have some of your 45s. I, I have some of those old 45s. Some are still in sleeves and some are not. But I remember being in Blakely buying some 45s myself. But but yeah, you guys, yeah, you all had I remember you all had the little that little stand. It looked like an accordion type of thing. Yeah. A little Mm -hmm. golden stand (laughs) on the shelf. (laughs) I was always loaded down with those 45 records. You all got it. Yes, it was called it was called a record stand. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to buy a forty-five, uh, the Jackson Five, and and all you know the four tops and uh, the miracles. I mean, it was just it was just amazing. And of course, we didn't just run to the store to get a record because we didn't have money to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But once. I became an adult and was making my own money, boy, to get the big 30, what was it, the 33, the albums? Mm-hmm. LPs. And, and, and that, that and, and Woolworths was actually letting us come in the store and come in the front and, and sit at the counter at that doing when I started buying records back in 71, 72. But the music then was just such good music. Even pure. now, my, my, 12, my, my 12-year-old granddaughter likes to ride with me because I like to listen to Soul Town and it plays all that music. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I say, and she's singing, I say, you know that yeah grandma so it makes <laughs> you feel good, you know, I love that it. they're actually listening to it absolutely so that's how you keep the music alive mm-hmm. keep it alive mm-hmm. right and yeah. and that's our goal when we do this podcast to keep the music that we grew up to to keep it alive to keep it fresh to keep it relevant and everything and uh, we're gonna you're gonna help us with that today right on okay? yes all right i am going to help you with that yes i am <laughs> <laughs> So let's get started, shall we? Yes, sounds good to me. Let's go. What's first, Kim? Let's get started. I I was trying to start from oldest to youngest, but it's going to be a whole mixed bag. So we're going to start with our Uncle George, and he picked the OJ's A Prayer. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yes, yes. Let's go, Prayer, 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 my prayer 
And yes, that was the OJs consisting of A. Levert, Walter, mm -hmm. and the other one. <laughs> you know, Marcus, and that the other song. One. Yeah, <laughs> that song was played in the secular world, you know, world of music. But when you listen to the words of that song, it's for it. It could be somebody listening to it who doesn't have a clue. Right. But it can move them. Uh -huh. It move you to think about, about the Trinity or to think about God, you know? Uh -huh. Those kind of songs, you can, hear the, you can hear the words, you know what they're saying. So those kind of songs are like, gosh, you're playing in the secular world and you play it also in the uh, spiritual realm, you know, of music. So I, I love that. I love that. Absolutely. And, and I love the fact that you sound just like Uncle George. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what can I say? It's all <laughs> relative, right? What he would say if he was on this podcast right now. But however, matter of fact, the name of that was A Prayer by the OJs. And that's from the 1976 album Message in Music. And that was the, the whole concept of that song, the message in the music, correct? Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. yes, 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 yes. So again, wow. you know, the days they spawn a, a, a ton of hits from the 60s, 70s, and the 80s. However, this one, I'm pretty sure Uncle George chose this. If you know Uncle George, to love him, <laughs> you he, he's a, a man of God who loves the Lord and anything that talks about, you know, whether it be secular or gospel, anything that talks about faith, you know, and things of that nature, he loves it. And, and this is probably, you know, a staple in the back of his mind. What you say, Auntie? Yes, it, it is. And, and, you know, and I think that's a way of appreciating music. You know, the first step is to appreciate the the person who gave you the voice to sing or the, the, the ears to hear the music and to give him props, you know, to give God props for that. And I love the songs that were a message, mm -hmm. a spiritual message in it to make you a better person. Absolutely. Guys, what you think? I was going to say, I really love this album because the way it was sequenced, you know, it starts off with that disco banger message in that in our music, but then it follows up with a prayer. And this album did perform very well. Number three, I think on the R&B charts, number 20 on the pop charts. And it had, you know, the messages and just intertwined in between the different gems, what was popular at the time, but what was important. So I think it's a, this is, this is like one of those solid albums that should go up on the shelf, you know, the, <laughs> the top shelf, you know. Uh, I mean, you should already have the OJs in your collection anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then with Eddie Levert's delivery, I mean, he he delivers like a preacher without sounding sounding like a preacher, you know? Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where I'm sure that's where his voice came from from singing <laughs> in the church anyway. But like Aunt Max said, um, it's all about the message, and actually, Uncle George actually picked another one with a message and it's the Commodore's Jesus is Love. Want to hear mm, it? Let's go. And teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place in their hearts He won't 
let you down And I know He's mine Forever ah, In my heart Wow. And also, if you know Uncle George, it probably at one of these moments he'd be crying. His I know. I can this see you. This song makes you emotional. I can see you. <laughs> this song, this song this makes, makes you emotional, you though. Got me crying. Yeah, it makes me, it makes me tear up every time I hear it. Yeah, I do too, Byron. I, I really, God, God in heaven knows I do. I'd be trying not to, but it's just, just something about those words. You know, what Auntie Max, you talk about the words and, you know, words. Jesus' ultimate example of love that there could ever be. You know, the song is just fitting. But um, just a little bit of tidbits. This is from the uh, 1980 album of the Commodore. It's called Heroes. This mm. particular single peaked at number 34 on the U.S. R&B charts. The album peaked at number three on the U.S. R&B and on the U.S. pop chart, at number seven on the U.S. pop charts. Um, Lionel Richie and uh, the Commodores, they really, really put their hand and their soul into this song. I mean, this is a staple not only in the gospel world, but also in the secular world as, as well as the core subject of the matter is Jesus, who is the, like I said, the best example of love that you could possibly get. Right, Auntie? Yes, right. And that speaks to me, that speaks for the, the performers, the singers as well, that they had not begun their roots and from which they had come and who to give the honor to for them being where they are. Because mm -hmm. um, when you think about it, it's in there. It's in there. And they're letting you know that they know. And so and I go back again, even though it's secular music, it's a spiritual message. Absolutely. And it's even a message in secular music. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But this song just takes me back to Newark, New Jersey. Shout out mm -hmm. to Deacon Charles Benoit from New Point Missionary Baptist Church. He used to sing this song and tear the roof off the church with this song. So Ooh, shout out to him. This, <laughs> this song will always be in my mind because it takes me back to 1980. That was an important summer, you know. Yes. So, yeah. 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 I don't think we yeah. need to go into detail to that. I think we all know exactly uh, what took place that summer. But nevertheless, a great song indeed. Uh, and thank you, Uncle George, for picking that one. And thank yeah. you, Uncle, you know, for for almost making us. <laughs> Big shout out to Uncle George. We love you, Uncle G. What's next, Kim? So going on with our other uncle, our precious Uncle James, may he sleep in peace. This is for Uncle James, Uncle Jesse and Granddaddy. One in a Million by Larry Graham. Mm. And oh, what a revelation to see Someone was saying I loved you to me On one in a million Chance of a lifetime and life show compassion and sent to me a stroke of love all you a one in a million you 
Oh, yes, indeed. One in a million, you, by the legendary Larry Graham, which was found on the album with the same name. This was actually his debut solo album, his debut album, written by Sam Dees and also produced by Larry Graham. This was a gold record. It was a solid former for him, hitting at number nine on the Hot 100, Billboard Hot 100, number 37 on the U.S. Adult Contemporary Charts, number one on the Hot Soul Singles Charts, and what used to be the Cashbox Chart, it was number 15. On the year-end charts, it was listed at number six overall for 1980. So one in a million is that that classic, that quiet storm. It will fall under that quiet storm realm right now. You hear it. You can't hear quiet storm without hearing Larry Graham's voice. And I think it's one of those songs that sounds timeless and always delivers a message. What do you say? I Let me say this, uh, B. I was thinking as the song was playing, I was thinking about James and that song, he they danced to it. Um, he and Lejeune, after they got married, we were all in Blake because, you know, that's the summer that Raymond passed away and his funeral and all of that was that weekend. Everything was in the same weekend. And I was thinking about that song and, and, and James loved that song. And I was listening to it one in a million. So I, and, you know, I think he felt because, you know, he went through a lot of changes before he changed his life, but, you know, with different things. And I think he felt that he was special and I know he knew he was special not only to us but he knew that God loved him he knew that and I think that's one of the reasons why that song just stuck with him and I think sometimes uh, he felt that he you know he was like you know sometimes we feel that why does somebody love me I don't know I feel that way sometimes why do they like me I think he went through that. I, I really believe he went through that. So that song was important to him to know that somebody chose him and somebody loved him. Auntie, let me ask you a question. This is also your dad and his brothers, one of his favorite mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. Why do you think why do you think they like this song so much? For the basically for the same reason, you know, um our dad had a second wife and we had a second mom. And um, our second mom was somebody I, I feel that God handpicked for us, mm-hmm. not That's just the daddy to have a wife, but for us to have a mother. Right. And uh, and I, I just I will always feel that He handpicked her for us because my my um, definition of her is that our own mother would not have been any better than what Miss Carrie was to us. So one in a million, mm. once again, wow. you know. Of all the people God chose her out of millions of people, he chose her for us. And Uncle Jesse, with his witty and his comical, comedic self, you know, he just, just, just was special. Yeah. He was special. It's special to all of us. So in a sense, all of them was one in a million in whatever that category was. And God chose them for something very specific. And they answered the call. There you go. Yes, indeed. Wow. Whew. I think we need to take a, a quick second while we do to let everybody know that you can follow the We've Got the Good Good podcast on Facebook as well as Instagram. And if there are any listeners to us who are in the Bainbridge, Georgia area, you can listen to us, the Good Good Radio Show on WKLD LPFM 92.7 on Saturdays at 1 p.m. right after the Tom Fallon Show. What's next, Kim? The woo-woo-woo song by Jeffrey Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hold back what I know inside. 
That was Jeffrey Osborne with You Should Be Mine. The pick from the late, great Mr. James Hoover Brown who was just a great guy. A lot of times I'm mistaken from him. I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> 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 they say we look like I season. <laughs> no, seriously, this is this was one of his favorite songs. From the 1986 album Emotional. This song reached number two on the Hot Black Singles and number two on the adult contemporary charts. Jeffrey Osborne, one of the most slept-on voices in all of R&B. Uh, started off as a drummer in LTD, went on to have success as, as an artist, and mm-hmm. it's a great song. And Auntie Max, what you say? Ah, can you woo-woo-woo? <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother, well, he is my brother, your uncle. Loved mm-hmm. that song. He did. Mm-hmm. And he was driving. And he just break out in it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's what oh, I remember. I remember him being in the car. And I don't know what the woo 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 was, but it yeah. was woo woo with him. <laughs> <laughs> memories take me down memory lane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Guys. Every time I hear the song, I think of Uncle James and those road trips, and I hear his boys and think of him singing. And you, woo, woo, woo. that's exactly what I was thinking about. We were, I think we were on our way either back or to Blakely, and we were in the back of his car, and this song was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Uncle James definitely loved the song, and um, I def- we all definitely love this song. Uh, a classic, a staple in the black community. Again, big shout out to Jeffrey Osborne. Mm-hmm. A big shout out to LTD. Um, hey, again, continue to sleep in peace, Uncle James. We really miss you on this side. What's yes. next? Kim? Next up is one for our Uncle Raymond. The mm. Dells stay in my corner. All right. Stay <laughs> stay in my Can you guys hear me? Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Stay in My Corner is a 1965 soul song by the Dells. Mm -hmm. It was released on the VJ label back in the day. And it peaked at number 23 on the Black Singles Chart, the Hot Black Singles Chart on Billboard. 
chart positions ultimately on the Hot 100 was number 10 and number one on the Hot Black Singles chart. And I, all of these years hearing this song over mm-hmm. and over again, I never realized that there was a significant uh, connection to my life that my dad enjoyed this record. So I'm curious to hear in these stories or why he liked this <laughs> record so much. Your dad was smitten with your mama. Wow. He wow. loved Miss Brenda. Wow. And he would just sing this song. And I only find out recently she said she hated it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but he loved it. He loved it. He loved it. He loved her and he loved this song. And you could just see the love in his eyes when he'd be singing it. You could just see him just you know, just all look like going to another world Aww. with her in his heart and in his mind. I just and I just be smiling. You know, I was real young, so you know, I didn't really know what was really going on, but I knew he <laughs> loved stay in my corner. And she was that woman that was stand by her man. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. through thick and through thin. She loved her Raymond. She loved her Raymond. And he, Raymond loved her. And she stayed in his corner. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Actually, yeah. Even, like even in death, Uncle Raymond's just been that guy. You know, he will always yeah. be that guy. And what I love about this song is the lead singer. I, I didn't bother to look his name up, but how he held on this one particular part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He held that, that note a long like two minutes. Yes. <laughs> it was actually. It was actually, I counted nineteen seconds, which is a long. Wow, that's it, a long time. It, it, you know, I mean, it seemed like it was longer than that, but you know, it was actually like 19 seconds, and that's a long time mm-hmm. to note, let alone you know, hold your breath or whatnot, you know, the case may be. But that was a feat in itself, and I think that was the live version. Mm. The live version, he held it even longer, mm. and so that was my favorite part of the song. But I hear the story about the back story about you know, Byron, your dad, and his the love of his mom, man. That's Truly awesome, man. Truly That's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. You know, and, and, and hats off to Brenda. She is that woman who will stand by her man and stay in his corner. And I love that about her. I, I, you know, she she she's an amazing woman. She really is. Oh, uh, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And tell her uh, we say hi. I will definitely do that. <laughs> definitely do that. Yeah. What's next, Kim? All right. We are going to move on to my mama. All right. <laughs> and those who know my mama knew that she loved her son Luther. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play Lord. some bad boys having a party. Mm. All right. We're going to have a certain time tonight. Every time that we need, we skip and we dip. What in the world could be better than getting together? Yeah. Last time we parted, it ended when the sun came up. That's why your mama told you that you couldn't go out. Stay in the house. All right. Yes. 
Can't check it out. Now, I know you say your mother loves Luther. Yes. But I'm sure if she loves him more than our special guest today. Ooh. <laughs> I'm pretty she did. sure. She did. I'm pretty sure I, I, she did. I, 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 I'm pretty <laughs> sure she did. Because I know every album because of her. I know it from <laughs> beginning to end because of my mama. She loves her some new <laughs> <laughs> but Bad Boy Having a Party is sung by Luther Vandross in 1982. The song was released as the first single in support of his album Forever for Always for Love. The single oh. became a top five R&B hit, which peaked to number three on the Hot R&B single chart and reached number 55 on the Billboard Hot 100. What's say? I'm listening to the dance in 1982. It seemed like that that it wouldn't be that old. Mm. But then oh, I'm getting ready to have a. It sounds uh, timeless. It's a timeless song. So it hey. is a timeless song. Yeah, is, that's what it is. It, it, it keeps being played over and over, and which is wonderful. I, I love it. And this is just I think of, I think of just thinking about Beyonce and uh, one of the and gosh, Isley, Ron Isley. You don't ah. want to hit songs. And, yeah. and, and, and it's and it's nice, and I, I I like it. I guess you would call it a remix. Some remixes of recover songs remake, are really yeah. really good, and some of them are not so good. But that one is one of the really good ones. And, but you can't remix Luther. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Honestly, I, we were saying that she shouldn't have remixed that one because that's right. classic. But it, is, it was it decent. It's decent, yeah. but it, you it, need to leave Luther song alone. Yeah, don't bother Luther. Don't bother Mm-mm. Luther. Mm-mm. Leave Luther alone. He left too early. Yes, he did. He had. Yeah. He still had work to do. <laughs> yeah, but we're so blessed with the depth of his his, his catalog. catalog, and, yeah. and it, like yeah. I said, it's, it yeah. sounds timeless. Whether it played twenty years ago or twenty years from now, mm-hmm. it will still, I think, be up there with everything else. So, yeah, mm-hmm. testament of mm-hmm. talent. That's a testament That's to talent. Set. Gosh, that's like 41 years, 1982. Mm-hmm. Wow, yes. I know. Wow. She's aging us, y'all. She's aging us. <laughs> well, hey, Kim, you know you and I are 20 years apart. So. I know. I know. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for that song that came out in 1973 that I think about three or four people mm. put on their play, on, the, on the playlist. But anyway, I, I think it's coming. It's a coming. It's, it's coming. <laughs> but in the meantime, what's next, Kim? All right. We still on my mama. All right. So, so mama. I have to do just one more Luther Vandross song for my mama. And this is A House is Not a Home. All right. A chair is still a chair. Even when there's no one sitting there But oh, a chair is not a house And a house is not a home When there's no one there To hold you tight And no one there Lufa, yes. So A House is Not a Home is actually a 1964 ballad written by Burt Bacharach and Hal David, 
yep. for the 1964 film of the same name. And who sang it the first time? Dionne Warwick. Oh. Yes. But the song was recorded by our lovable Luther Vandross on his 1981 debut album, Never Too Much. And it's like, I, like I think we've said this before, when Luther takes a song, it's like nobody else ever sang it again. It's, right. That's his song <laughs> for now. On. That's his. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because nobody can sing like Luther. Nobody could, mm-hmm. could cover a song like Luther. And um, as I get older, I realized that a lot of the songs that Luther sang were covers of other songs. You mm-hmm. know? And so, man, I tell you what, when we lost Luther, we lost a, a true legend. We, yes, really, we really did. You know, the music lives on forever. Again, this is one of the greatest and showcases Luther's range from low to high. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. With his range and, again, a staple in the African-American culture. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody in the past 15 years that could touch him? No. No. I no. can't think of nobody. No. 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 Even though that quality, no. Even though there, there are guys that have range, but like for, his voice was so full. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just, you know, it's like everybody else that's come behind that's tried to emulate him were just trying too hard. He was just natural. You I know, think that's what, what happened with Ruben Stutter. I think he was kind of moving towards. Like, that, no, they tried to put him in that category because he was overweight. He was because mm. of his size. And I think I think that's probably why, but, you know, and then he fell into that. But mm-hmm. I think, I think, but no, mm-hmm. nobody, everybody mm-hmm. now just sings songs to me. They don't really embody a song like, like the way Luther did. Luther, Luther Rising, as we like to say, and you could tell that he admired D.R. Warwick because if you listen closely to the both of them, his phrasings are similar to how Dion always rephrase songs. If you watch mm-hmm. some old, watch some old segments of Solid Gold, you, know, you can find <laughs> them on YouTube. And when whenever Dion Warwick is singing, uh, you know she always has to sing a song during the show, and she would always rework it. It was never the same. You know, nothing was ever the same. Mm-hmm. And she would put her little nuances into her phrasing of the songs and stuff like that. So there is similar to how Luther Vandross sings and phrases his songs. So I think he was influenced heavily by Dion, honestly. And they put themselves in the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, they did. it was like it was like it became personal to them. It wasn't, I'm not here to entertain you. This mm-hmm. is my song. It's personal to me and this is my story. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna tell it. Mm-hmm. So and, I, I say and they, they sang they, the song, not sing it. They, they sang it. They sang they it from sang the inside it. out. How about that? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. Inside I like that. Out. Yeah. Rather What's than that? on the surface. Right. Mm-hmm. What's this, Kim? One more for my mama, and uh-huh. I'm done. <laughs> now, everyone knows that I love me some plants, but guess what? My mama did too. Oh. So, <laughs> so, this one, when she fell in love with this song, I was like, Mama. And this is another lover, like a hole in the head. Be the one 
lost in it. Get lost in it. Yes. <laughs> All right. This is from My Baby Prince and the Revolution from the parade soundtrack to the Under the Cherry Moon movie. And the song is essentially a solo performance by Prince and the backing vocals from Suzanne Melbourne. I believe that was his fiance at the time. And the Wendy's section, sister, right? Wendy's That's sister. What, mm-hmm. yeah. And the horn section of Eric Leeds in Atlanta Bliss. Now, of course, I was playing this album nonstop in our house. Mm-hmm. And I guess my mama just came in and she was like, huh, you got that right. I don't need nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> She likes this song because of you, right? Huh? She, she she liked the message in the song. I don't need nothing else other than what I got right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, this 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 was a groove. I remember that summer when it was out. It's timeless. That's my word. Timeless. <laughs> timeless. You no, know, when you, we anytime you're dealing with Prince, you you're you're dealing with a whole another Prince could be his own genre. Yes, he, he is. is a, yeah, he's he a, is a genre. genre. Yeah, he is a genre. Ain't nobody like him. Nobody. There, there's nobody like him. You know, there'll, there'll be comparisons you know, forever about him and uh, Michael Jackson. But to me, they were just to- to- two polar opposites Total. of the spectrum, to say the least. Prince was just, even though Michael was ahead of his time, Prince was ahead of his time, too. But they were just going mm-hmm. in two totally different directions. Yeah. And yeah. what's wrong That's- with it? You know, I wasn't too familiar with this one, you know, other than what Kim used to talk about, you know, her mom used to like this song. But, you know, anything about Prince is, is always it's just great A quality. Yeah. One thing about you, you hit the nail on the head, Marcus, when you said he was a genre in itself, because now when you hear artists that kind of emulate him, you go, oh, that's kind of like a Prince-esque type of song. It, it sounds kind of princey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, he's his own genre. Yeah. Those orgasmic background vocals. Oh. <laughs> I was just editing one of our shows, and you said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you like this one, Auntie? I love it. But Prince, and you know, for Prince, with Prince, I didn't really learn to appreciate his music so much until after he passed away. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but we had a we have a friend who just loved Prince, and she taught school with Janie, and she went to a Prince. Concert one night and came. Anika, she's older than Anika, okay. but uh, and she can't. Well, anyway, she sprung a foot. She had so much fun at the Prince concert. She came to school the next day, hopping because she sprung her foot from jumping so much. But uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, we older, we older ones. We enjoy the music. We and I still, I still, the music that I loved and I still love it now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's next, Kim? All right. It's time for us to go over Aunt Max's selection. Uh, that's everything you played so far, isn't it? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, it looks like several of our family members picked one this one song. So we're just going to go ahead and play Let's Get It On. Uh, let's Get It On. Come on, Talking about, come on, baby. Hey, 
why am I imagining all the Brown sisters <laughs> kind of standing around the kitchen with some with, you. With, with wooden with wooden spoons as microphones <laughs> in the song? Why why am I imagining that? I'm not I imagining it. I'm just remembering it because I was there. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> this song came out in 1973. I was 20 years old. Okay. And I remember I said, when this comes out on the album, I'm buying that album. It, it's just, I bought the album and I knew every song on that album. And I actually have in my car a CD of the album, which I'll probably stick in <laughs> when I get in my car. But it, it, it's just something about that song. Let's get it on. But Marvin Gaye was another one that we lost too soon. Mm -hmm. He was a genius also. Yeah, he, he was a genius he, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All and, of us love Let's Get It On. <laughs> right. And, and I say that because this was my mom's pick. as One of my mom's picks as well. And um, Jeannie. Yeah. And Jeannie. <laughs> right. And, and Jean would have had it too. Yes, she oh, yeah. would. Yes, she would. Yeah. Absolutely. This is like Auntie she said. She had it too, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like Auntie said, this was released in 1973 from the 13th album entitled by the same title, uh, Let's Get It On. Uh, of course, this peaked at number one on all the charts, especially the Billboard sold number two on the pop charts. It was re-released in 1984, which just so happened to be the year that Marvin Gaye passed away. And it reached 127 on the Billboard 200. I'm thinking that song was re-released because of his untimely death at the time. And, you know, they put it back in rotation as far as like to kind of pay tribute to Marvin Gaye. Now, Auntie, if y'all love this song, is there something about this song that kind of like resonated with you? And understand this, this is a uh, this is a kid-friendly program, okay? <laughs> you know, I cannot hear Let's Get It On without seeing the album cover. Uh-huh. about Marvin Gaye. Themselves into it and making it better. Do you and I, this is about to be going off a little bit, but do you you remember if you have not as, as um Tony as uh, Byron said you go to YouTube and find it when he did the Star Spangled Banner mm -hmm. at one of the, mm -hmm. uh, at one of the uh, All Star basketball All Star games and yeah. uh, and see how he put himself into it. Mm -hmm. Mark, this song, let's get it on. If you had no inkling or want to get it on, when he finished with the song, you wanted to get it on. <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna leave it like that. <laughs> but you know what? When I, I was like in that. college, I all of a sudden I was just on this Marvin Gaye kick, and I bought the Let's Get It On album. I too know that album from beginning to end, and now this explains it. Mm -hmm. It was y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had the pleasure of having Lynn Williams uh, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Songs, uh, <laughs> I think it was by mm -hmm. the Baby I'm for Real, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was written mm -hmm. by Marvin Gaye. Mm -hmm. uh, so it not only solidified him, not just as a singer, but as a songwriter. Songwriter, mm -hmm. great songwriter, and the people. A lot of people don't understand he was excelling that as well. Not just a voice, but also a songwriter. I'm sure he tried to send a little bit of production as well. And so, you know, Marvin Gaye, again, you know, just one of the great, 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 great talents of our times. 
And again, gone way too soon. Gone way too mm-hmm. soon, but well protected now because if don't you dare, don't you dare record a song that sounds similar to anything he did, his family will come after you. <laughs> don't even whisper. Don't even say let. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> we got rights to that song. Oh my gosh. But, got rights to the word let. Right. I would say, to say the least. But however, you know, again, this is a great, great, great song, to say the least. What's next, Kim? Next, another one that Aunt Max and Auntie Cookie picked, and that's Disco Lady, Johnny Taylor. Yeah. Shake it off, (laughs) move it in, move it around, Disco Lady. Well, here's Sexy Lady. Said I like the way you do your thing Lord, I miss you, girl You dance so fine And you're right on time Girl, you ought to be on TV On Soul Train When you get to groove There ain't no stomping Just can't help it But I'm finger popping The memories and visions that come with this song. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The vision that comes with this song in my mind is Mandy Brown. She's Brown then. Marzell Moses. Carolyn Brown, my friend, my best friend who passed away too soon, 97, and me. We were in Orlando, Florida. In my, in my first car, guys, with no air conditioning. <laughs> this was like 1976, I guess. And that song was really, really popular. And it was playing in the clubs. We went to the club while we was there. It's interesting how life changes, isn't it? Yeah. But this, that song, Disco Lady, Johnny Taylor. But, you know, I liked anything that Johnny Taylor said because he was, because he could be ranked as a blues singer as well. Right, uh-huh. right. Because right. He, he had some fantastic stories to tell Disco Lady and Yep. For every song that you play so far, I have a visual. I see. (laughs) I have a visual. I really do. Yeah. I have a visual. And and what's so crazy, you know, what what, was so amazing to me is the fact that Johnny Taylor was actually, when he first came onto the music scene, he was actually being groomed to be the next Sam Cooke. Uh, He was a member of the Soul Stirrers. And if you go back and listen to some of the soul stories with him in it, he actually sound a lot like Sam Cooke. Hmm. Yeah. And, never, uh, never knew that parallel. Yeah. 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 But let uh, me tell you, let me tell you about Disco Lady, though, right quick before we get too deep. All right. So Disco <laughs> <laughs> Disco Lady was released in 1976 by the legendary singer Johnny Taylor, if we've already mentioned in it. This song was actually his biggest hit. So Auntie Maxine, you are so right. It was being played everywhere. It spent all four weeks of April of 1976 at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and six weeks atop the Billboard R&B charts in the U.S. And it was also the first single to be certified platinum by the RIAA. Ultimately, it sold over 2.5 million copies Billboard ranked it as the number three song for 1976 and this was also his first single with columbia records the label he signed after his longtime label stacks records went bankrupt Mm -hmm. so 
there you have it. That's why it was everywhere because we, we heard he got a Grammy. He won his second Grammy nomination, as a matter of fact, for Best Male R&B Vocal Performance uh, for this song. I don't think he won. I think he was just nominated. Mm. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Again, I'd like to say Johnny Taylor you know, had a lot of success as a blues artist. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite songs is Running Out of Lies. <laughs> you got to play <laughs> You, you gotta you gotta you gotta listen to that one. This is a really good song, though. He he you know, he followed the now the same path of uh Marvin Seas and some of those mm-hmm. other and I'm pretty sure you know we we will definitely do a joint blues episode later on and we'll have some more Johnny Taylor. Joint. Oh yeah, oh, joint episode. It's coming real soon. <laughs> definitely Stay coming. tuned. Yeah. But Johnny Taylor, you know, I mean, I mean, great artist, I mean, very influential as far as blues music is concerned. Mm-hmm. This was definitely, definitely a classic song by him. I remember our aunties dancing to this song. I was a little kid at the time, but I, yeah, I remember I was little, little. I was like, what, four years mm-hmm. old, I think, when this mm-hmm. was out. But it's yeah, so we've vivid. We've been with our aunties for yeah. a long time. We've been with our aunties <laughs> and our mamas for a long time. <laughs> I'm glad you all have such fun memories. Yes, we do. We love you guys. Oh, God. <laughs> What's next, Kim? All right. One more for Aunt Max. The Whispers, Lady. Mm-hmm. All right. You say you want my baby. Girl, if that's a fact. Lady. Then melt into me, lady. As the wind wax. Erase all my maybe. It's like a platinum sound. <laughs> their, their voice. It's just, oh, gee. <laughs> it's just amazing. Amazing. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Lady, Lady can be found on the Whispers ninth studio album, which is actually self-titled, released in 1979. And it is among a lot of great other songs. And the beat goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, goodness, uh, song for Dunny, My Girl, Out the Box. The list goes on. It's album just stellar. Just on point. Mm. Lady performed fairly well up to number three on a U.S. R&B Billboard charts, as well as number 28 in the U.S. on the uh, Hot 100, believe it or not. So it did very well. Mm-hmm. What do you it all have very to say? Well from, I'm sorry. Oh, no, uh, go ahead. That was Robert in my song. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> you just melt into me, honey, like a week of wax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just like You just like fresh air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I just I just love I love we loved that song that was our song. Yeah. I <laughs> Lady. remember. I remember <laughs> seeing that tape in the tape deck of that car. I used to love that car that you got <laughs> that maroon. I think it was an eighty five or a ninety. What was it called? An eighty eight. Oldsmobile eighty eight. Oldsmobile. Ah, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, Oldsmobile yeah. eighty eight. Yeah, because 
what I remember so much about it because it was the first car that I had ever seen that had like an LED display for the speedometer. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because most speedometers back didn't have the little needle and whatnot. Uh-huh. But then, the car, I was like, That's wow. funny. And, you know, just the, the seat coverings, the upholstery was just so comfortable, and mm-hmm. a lot of lady girls, <laughs> you know, in that, you know. Um, and I also remember listening to um, Janet. Where I heard control of a lot of that in that car as well. So um yeah. A lot of memories w- w- from this song. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. You see how she laughing? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's keep it moving. What's next, Kim? Now we're going into Aunt Cookie song. And it's okay. the staple singers. Let's do it again. Ooh. Mm. Let's do it in the morning. Sweet breeze in the summertime, feel your sweet face, all laid up next to mine. Sweet love in the midnight, good sleep come morning light. No worry, I'm nothing. Just getting good, just getting good, just getting good love. Do it again. Do it. Wow. So the staple singers, let's do it again, was from the staple singers with the incomparable Mavis Staples, mm-hmm. who used to sing with Prince also at one time. <laughs> Melody cool. Yes. And this which was written by Curtis Mayfield. And it was part of the mm-hmm. soundtrack for the Bill Cosby Sidney Poitier film by the same name. Let's yes, do indeed. it again. And the single reached the top of the Billboard Hot 100 singles charts on December 27, 1975, the day before Pop Staples' 61st birthday. Wow. Let's do it again was a sequel to Uptown Saturday Night if I'm not Yes, uh-huh. it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Those were some good movies, though. It was actually funny. They uh, were very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were actually funny. And, you know, I always wondered, you know, a lot of pe- a lot of artists who started off as gospel artists didn't really break away from the genre. It kind of makes you wonder, had they kind of like did like the staple singers and others just kind of took a leap of faith into the secular world. What type of success could they have possibly had? I think about Mahalia Jackson, you know, who kind of kept it in the pocket. She stayed gospel, you know, and she could definitely sing so many different genres of music, including classical. She could sing R&B, she could do anything. But it just makes me wonder, had some of the other gospel artists, you know, like the staple singers who took a leap of faith, you know, to kind of like flirt with the R&B world, what kind of type of success would they have had? Mm-hmm. I think they were happy with the success that they had. There are some gospel singers that are going to stay in that vein because they feel that that's what God called them to do. And there are some gospel singers that just want to send out a message, whatever that message is. If I feel like singing a message about love between a man and a woman i feel free to do that but some people may not feel free to do that so hey i think now it's just evolved to the point to where they take it from the standpoint of a married man and married woman i think 
if they if they stay in that vein, they could find some still find some great success if they record music from that perspective. If they are in the gospel genre per se, they could it could cross over. Auntie Maxine, what did you think of this one? I love it. I, you know, that was an era where we had more music than we had TV, mm. and we had more music that related that we could relate to then we had TV that we could relate to. Mm. And if your daddy was named A.J. Brown, you were like the last person in the neighborhood to get a TV anyway. <laughs> <laughs> when did y'all get a TV finally? <laughs> uh, I think it was 1966. Ah. Okay. Yeah, but we had music. We had the radio. And, and you know, and, and, and I think you know, they had soap operas on the radio. They, they did. did. They did. Yeah. But um, to hear, let's do it again. And you, and we seen the movie Uptown Saturday Night, and then you see, then you see the movie, let's do it again. And then as you hear the song, flashes from the movie is going through your mind. Uh-huh. And for me, all I can do is smile because it's Bill Cosby and sit yep. the party. Mm. Yeah. And I could see Bill Cosby with the hat and the beard. <laughs> and the cigar, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good old days. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the Staple Singers. You may have another one, don't you, uh, there, Ken? By the Staple Singers? Well, mm-hmm. let me take a look. Uh-uh. That's for Aunt Mandy. Let's go that ahead is- and roll it. Let's go ahead and roll it. I'll take you there. And that was, again, the staple singles with I'll Take You There. This came in 1972. It spent 15 weeks at the top of the Billboard charts. There was a version that was released uh, by BB and CC Wines that also made it to number one. Salt and Pepper also had a version. Let's talk about sex. <laughs> um, which kind of like talk about uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe staples and maybe staples appeared on the BBCC wine is one, I believe. Yeah, she sure did. And again, this song, just whoever touched it, you know, they had it speaks to your heart, it speaks to your legs, it just speaks to everything. It just makes you move, just just do some of everything. What you say? I want to go there. I want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Y'all silly. Uh, uh, T Maxine, what what you think of this one? I this is staple singer. Once again, I go back to that storytelling for me goes back to the secular. Because uh, several of their songs were part of this. I call it stories of encouragement. And it can help you with your spiritual growth. Now, I'm not sure. The Staple Singles one of those groups that everybody just loved anyway. Because I think they had that, that background of gospel music. Mm-hmm. People just loved them. And people listened. And I really believe people listened more to the words of the song back in my day than they actually did to the beat. 
Mm. Because of the stories that were told. I, I do believe that. And okay. also, yeah. Talked about, you know, Uncle George liking those songs that have some type of spiritual message. You know, so does my mom. To know my mom, you know, is, is to love her. And, you know, to love all of our families, to love, to know all of our families, to love them. But, you know, my mom, she is really, really rooted in her faith. And she yes. likes her music, you know, her R&B music. But, you know, she really likes the ones that have a message to it. And this is one of the ones that she saw and one of the ones that she truly, truly, truly loves. And uh, so, again, you know, a, a big, big shout out to uh, Pop Staples, Mavis Staples and all the singers. Yeah, I'll take you there. I'm telling you, this I'll was a great song, to say the least. Oh, yeah, most definitely. What's next, Kim? <clears throat> All right, we're going to go on to Aunt Janie and the Commodores, Three Times a Lady. Mm. You once, twice, three times a lady, and I love you. Yes, you once. Twice, three times a lady, and I love you. I love you. Mm, 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 mm. All right. Three Times a Lady is the 1978 song by the Commodores for their album Natural High, written mm. by lead singer Lionel Richie. Who did Lionel Richie go to school with? Uncle Jay. <laughs> That's right. And it was the Lionel Commodores. And, um, Tom Joyner. And Tom Joyner. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But it was the Commodore's first number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100s, topping the chart for two weeks for August on August 12th, 1978. Wow. Great song. The Commodores really did their thing. You know, them country boys was really, they were really hot back in the 60s, 70s, uh, even in, into the 80s. And as a matter of fact, I think they're still touring right now. They are. Lionel, they are. Uh, Lionel's not with them, but they're, they're still doing their thing and everything. This is a, a great song. Yeah. Them. Isn't it crazy? Lionel, Lionel was, Richie is the same age as Uncle James. Yeah, and Lana was part of that coronation a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? Uh-huh. He was one of the performers. That's good. Yeah. Uh -huh. he oh, that's his right. Over, over in uh, England, you're talking about. for. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. He's enough for us. That's right. Mm -hmm. No. Janie liked the song, did you think? Janie loved it. Janie liked it. Yes, she did. Cause it's you know, cause you know she's kind of laid back anyway, mm -hmm. and, and that song is not one of those songs you're gonna be snapping and and tapping to. So she, uh, yeah, she she liked it, cause Janie is a thinker. Right, yes. she's a thinker, so that you know she'll analyze it and bring all the thoughts, everything, uh, you know, give you some pointers you hadn't thought about. Right. Yeah, but she loves it. Yeah, the English teacher in her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna tell her everything y'all saying too, because I'm gonna okay, see her in a couple minutes. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. 
But great pick, Auntie Jenny. You know, you 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 did well. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, Kim? Another one for Auntie Janie, The Temptations. I wish it would rain. Mm. Ooh. I know to you it might sound strange, but I wish it would rain. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so badly, I want to go outside. But everyone knows that a man ain't supposed to cry. Listen. Gotta cry, cause crying is the pain, oh yeah. Deep with this hurt I feel inside, words could never explain. I just wish it would rain. The Temptations, How I Wish It Would Rain, released in 1968. Mm. Now, every time I hear this, I think about the movie, <laughs> the movie, and how much it really paralleled to me with that other movie. The with, Five Heartbeats. Um, the Five Heartbeats. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the Five Heartbeats about the Temptations, or it was just the five heartbeats were actually about, believe it or not, were loosely based on the Dales. But the story oh, really? was so similar, though. Yeah, very yeah. similar. Uh, they were they were loosely based on the Dales. I'm pretty sure you know they had some elements of the Temptations. But if you if you if you watch the ending credits of the Five Heartbeats, you'll see a picture of the Dales. Um, mm. Mm, have to check you know, that out. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Mm. Yeah. I have to do that too, Byron, because I'm one of those people who read and don't leave the movies until all the critics are on. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, one, uh-huh. One, good, one thing about the Dales, I think they were one of the rare groups that all the members stayed together for the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Oops, you know, they switch, they switch out different singers and whatnot. I think the Dales, even though they're not performing like they would, but I think they still got the same members. Wow. From the original group. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. wonderful. Of that's course, good. they're not going to be performing like they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. But uh, again, the temptation, you can't go on the temptations. And like you said, that particular song, it has Auntie Janie written all over, you know, basically, you know, the way uh, Aunt Max described it, her being a thinker. And it's a laid back song. You know, it's, it's a real chill song. And, you know, that's one of my favorites by the temptation to say the least. And when that beat kicks in, all you can do is just shimmy and step and pop or whatever you want to do. <laughs> I'm sorry, my favorite from the temptations is Papa was a Rolling Stone. Because <laughs> that like- intro is like five minutes before yeah. the anyone starts singing. <laughs> wow. But anyway, let's keep it rolling, guys. What's next, Kim? We have another Luther Vandross. Um, for Aunt Janie, and this one is Dance with My Father. Ooh. Oh, I could spill one final glance, one final step, one final dance with him. I'd play a song that would never, ever end, cause I'd love, love, love to dance. 
dance with my father again Sometimes I'd listen outside the door And I'd hear how my mother cried for him I pray for her even more than me Hey guys, mm-hmm. yes. it has been is an honor. Thank, Thank you, you so much. You all have blessed me. I feel like I have been honored to be asked to be a part of this podcast. I want you all to keep up the good work. Yes, and as ma'am. my sister in love would say, keep God close. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Love you. Bye bye. Love you, Auntie. Thank. Love you too. And that was Dance With My Father by Luther Vandross and the title track to his 13th studio album. It was released in May 2003 as the album's lead single with Richard Marks. Vandross wrote the song based on his personal experience with his father and his mother. Right. And and this was actually, I remember when this first came out, you know, everybody was so sad because, you know, Luther had just died. No, he was in his uh, coma. He, he didn't had a, die he, had, he had a stroke. Yeah, he had a, he had a stroke. stroke. Okay, he, he was mm-hmm. sick. He was okay, in coma. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. But still, you know, every it, the, the the mood at the time was just kind of like solemn because it was Luther, man. You know, I mean, we thought we'd be he'd be around forever. I you know? know. Yes. And, was uh, this his last hit? No, he had. Well, this album had other songs that charted as well, but this may have been like the biggest hit off of that album. Okay. And then he had another album that followed that was after his death that was released. But what I can recall from this is the video treatment for it with all of the celebrities, celebrities signing the yeah. card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was beautiful. Absolutely. This song will always have a special place for me. Of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 What's next, Kim? Next is one for our precious Aunt Jean. Oh. And it's Jean Chandler Rainbow. Oh, yes. Uh. And Yes, yes. Taking us way back. Yes. Rainbow by the Duke, Gene Chandler. You know, he gets the name the Duke from his hit, Duke of Earl. Duke, Duke, Duke. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Rainbow, released in 1965, was a number two hit, R&B hit for Gene Chandler. It also fared very well on, well, fairly good on the pop charts at number 69 uh, where it peaked 
actually that was when it was really re-released the first release actually came in 1962 where it was uh, it peaked at like 11 and on the r&b charts and number 47 on the pop charts re-released in 1965 as rainbow 65 where did a lot better on the r&b charts not as well on the on the pop charts but nonetheless this is a classic tune that falls right in the vein of gene chandler if you're not familiar with this music definitely check it out what do you all have to say about this one i've got not caught how auntie even in death she still like showing herself like one of her favorite songs was by a man named gene uh-huh. <laughs> one of, one of I noticed it too. <laughs> Think about it. After the storm of us losing her, you know, there's always say that the rainbow comes after mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. you know, and and some of the words now we I think Jean Channel said we'll always love her. Yeah, you know, and it's just Wow. Uh, wow. That was perfect. Yeah. That it, was, it was a message because she was one of our fans too. She really was. Snap to that one, Marcus. Yeah. Snap to that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Definitely. Um, great song. It's a it's a staple on Soul Town, Channel 49, Sirius XM Radio. I hear it all the time on that one, man. Um, great song by Gene Channel, the Duke, Duke of Earl. Um, didn't really do his thing on this one. I agree. Very good. What's- so next up is just going to be a collective mix of different songs that the whole family kind of liked. Okay. So the first one is Frida Payne, Bring the Boys Home. Mm. Fire. Yes. Bring the Boys Home is a song recorded by Frida Payne in 1971 during the Vietnam War era. It was an anti-war song that was aimed at the sending of troops to fight in an increasingly unpopular war. And if I'm not mistaken, both our Uncle George and Uncle James fought in that war. Is that correct? I think they served during that. Yeah, yeah, they served during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh And, and also, this song also got some popularity back in the early 90s, part of Desert Storm. Mm. They, they brought this song back. I, that's where I first, This is actually where I first heard this particular song during Desert Storm. It was originated during Vietnam. Vietnam produced a lot of music that Black artists did, you know, to show their dislike of the war during that time. Hmm. This was definitely one of those songs. Absolutely. And this song actually fair pretty well on the charts too it hit like number eight on the best-selling soul singles chart uh, for billboard and number 12 at the billboard hot 100 in 1971 so it was an important record but a popular one at that absolutely absolutely what's next kim well i think 
it's a tie between Luther Vandross and this artist on how many songs we played by them. <laughs> this is <laughs> going to be Marvin Gaye. What's going on? Right. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love and get the end of the day. Pick it light and pick it sound. What's going on is the 11th studio album by Marvin Gaye, and it was released on May 21st, 1971 by Motown Records. Yes. I think well, it's safe to say. Go ahead, Byron. I was going to say, what's going on, the whole album, the whole concept of the album, you know, it, it all had a theme. If you've not heard this album, I think Marvin Gaye is, was, ahead, was ahead of his time when he, he was he after this album because everything kind of blends together. I, I don't think that, I don't think any album did that before. Before that, exactly. Mm. It, he, it, this was a masterpiece of his. And Marvin Gaye was another genius that was ahead of his time. And that's another album you need to listen from beginning to end. And it's just very soulful. Soulful. Despite what was going on, may have been going on in his life at the time, he managed to put a piece like this together. It's amazing to me. Yeah, that's why he was able to because of what was going on in his life. Good point. Think yeah. about Mary J. Blige. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're life. absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's next, Cam? Next up, running on through the stylistics, people make the world. Gotta love the stylistics. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> They've been smoking in their easy chair On a fat cigar without a care But that's what makes the world go round The ups and downs of carousel Changing Make the World Go Round, written by Tom Bell and Linda Creed, originally recorded by the Stylistics and released in 1972 through Avco Records as the final single from the self-titled debut studio album, The Stylistics. It reached 25 on the Billboard Hot 100 single charts, 25 on the Adult Contemporary Chart, and number six on the Soul Singles Chart in the United States. 51 years ago. Goodness. Good Lord. Yeah, you would know, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, guys, one of, one of me and my sister's uh, favorite movies is Crooklyn by Spike. By Spike uh-huh. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And the beginning, of, the beginning of that movie, this song is playing. And basically, Spike Lee takes an opportunity while the song is playing to kind of tell you 
what life was like growing up in Brooklyn, New York, with some of the games and some of the activities people were doing during that time. And that's how I, I basically know this song. You know, I've heard it before the movie actually came out, but it took on a whole nother meaning, you know, when that movie came out and then watch as many times as we did and being able to kind of like, it's almost like, you know, we grew up during, during that era as well, you know, by listening to the song, you know. It was and, like you were living in Brooklyn, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. <laughs> Needless to say, this is an absolute uh, masterpiece of a song by the stylistics. And shout out to Mark Dorsey, who covered this song for Crooklyn. His version yeah. was pretty well done. He reminded me of Stevie Wonder, how he was singing on it. But this song is very important, I think. We yes, can play this important. right now. <laughs> we need to play this song a whole lot more. Yes, we do. Yes, yes we, we do. So, what's next, Kim? The last song, y'all. Woohoo! And this will be the OJs for the love of money. All right. by Kenneth Gamble, Leon Hulse, and Anthony Jackson. It was recorded by Philadelphia soul group The LJs for the album Ship Ahoy, produced by Gamble and Hulse. And this was issued as a single in late 1973. All right. Yeah. That's another group that I think we played a good three times today. <laughs> we, we, did. we definitely did. And this song right here is a big time song in the world of hip hop and R&B, you know, been sampled by many groups. But I don't think nobody ever did it any justice other than the OJs. Uh, exactly. Yeah. This this New song, Jack City, they tried it for New Jack they City. Tried it, it, just, it wouldn't they, they tried because even his son was singing on that version, but it, it's it, it would have been better if they just mm. played this song. It, 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 it's more soulful. Yeah, it wasn't happening. And again, this the OJs really and a big shout out to them. They just recently retired from touring. And so they're they're at home. They're just, you know, just you know, enjoying life. You know, I see A Levert, he's on Facebook. He he puts out posts every now and again, expressing how he feels and all, but his voice in the song is really, really captivates you. It say sure the is. Yeah. Conviction, a voice of conviction. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna wrap up. This episode of We Got the Good Good Experience, our f- episode dedicated to our family members. Guys, I we've had a great time. What do you say? I have, oh my gosh, epic. So enjoyable. So yes. enjoyable. Absolutely. We want to thank our special guest, our Aunt Dorcas Maxine Carver, for stopping by and hanging out with us. We really appreciate you. We want to thank all of our aunts, my mom. 
Kim's mom, all of our family for your input, for making mm-hmm. this so possible. We really, really enjoy it. Don't worry. We're going to come back. We're going to do a part two soon enough. I promise you. You best believe that. I so- think part two will be for our cousins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to get real, y'all. So stay tuned for that. Again, we love you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. Until next time, don't be just be good. Be good, good to each other. Yes, indeed. Peace out. Bye, good, good family. Good, good, good.